0: And so today, I want to begin uh, by showing you a picture of a bridge. It's called the Royal uh, Gorge Bridge in Colorado. This bridge is, was actually, the first construction of it, was in, it happened in 1929. But it is between, it's, a, it's over a big gorge, and, and that bridge is the highest bridge in America. And it's over 150 feet from that bridge down to the bottom of the gorge. That bridge spans almost a quarter of a mile, and what it represents is this. It represents someone overcoming their fear because for years, before that bridge was constructed, people would come to the edge of that gorge, and it would be a barrier that they could not cross, and they would want to get to the other side, but they couldn't unless they actually traveled way down into the gorge and tried to come up the other side, and they couldn't, and so someone faced their fear. And they began to build the bridge in 1929. And what was so amazing about this bridge, the first construction only took six months because people became determined to cross to the other side. What I want to share with you today is this, is that many of us in this room today need to make a cross. We need to cross over. We need to to reduce the fear in our life and face the barriers in our life and move to the next level or to the next area where God wants us to move. And so I have this statement I want to share with you today that I think is so powerful that if you get it, it can change your life. And so it's coming up on the screen. I'd like for you to read it with me. Let's read it together. Ready? Come on. The bridge from where I am to where I want to be is built with good daily habits. Amen, everybody. So your life is building a bridge. You're building a bridge. If you're going to get move on in life, it's like building a bridge. And so I want to challenge you today as we begin to talk that you will embrace the principles that we're going to share. Now, the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I love you. I want you to understand something. I want your life to get better. I I want you to have good stuff come your way more than I want stuff to come my way. I I want to see you embrace God's Word in such a way that it changes your life, that you can cross over that divide, whatever it is that's holding you back. I want that for you today. And I believe that God is going to provide that if you'll open your heart. So as we look at this passage, we, uh, we look at that statement saying, the bridge from where I am to where I want to be uh, is built with good daily habits. We understand this is not Jeff's thinking. This is God's thinking. Look what Jesus said in Luke's gospel. He said this. He said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, when? Yeah. Daily. Would you circle that? Daily and follow me. So it's a daily commitment that God is asking us to make. It's a daily thing. Many of you are still waiting on something big to happen in your life in order to get your life on track. Listen, if you're waiting to, if you're waiting to win the lottery before you get your life on track, you're never going to get your life on track. Not so, even if you won the lottery, listen, if you don't know how to daily handle your finances now, a million dollars would destroy you. I mean, it wouldn't take you over a year. With one year, you'd, you'd blow through a million dollars. So you got to get it on track now. Get it, get it on track now that you can be prepared for what God wants to bless you with. Amen? Amen? And so every aspect of our life. Now, at SEC, we say this, we can't do better or be better until we know better. And so today, I want to help you with how to do it, how to get better. I want to teach you a principle today of how to do it. So we're going to talk about today how to create good habits, and then also, after how do we create good habits, then we want to learn how to break bad habits. So today I'm going to take that task on of teaching you the how-to. I can't do it for you, but I can teach you how to do it. And so I want to share that with you today now. I want you to know that we're going to walk through these practical steps, but then at the end, step four, we're going to get to the spiritual application. So you got to hang in here with me uh, through this, all right? Are you ready? Anybody, does anybody besides me have some bad habits you need to break? Anybody in this room? Okay, great. All right, that's the majority of us, so I'm not alone. Here we go. So let's talk about it. So how how do you do that? How do you create good habits and break bad ones? Well, the first one is this. You go ahead and write this down. Number one is decide what old habits... I need to stop and what new habits I need to start. You have to make that decision. As you write that down, I want you to understand most people say, well, I'm just not motivated. You know, I just don't have the motivation to to change or to, to, to start this or stop that. I would challenge you and say, it's really not motivation that you're lacking, it's clarity. You don't know what it is. You say, I don't know why we keep having this argument over and over again. And if you would stop just long enough and say, what's causing the argument? What is the problem here? What's going on? Once you identify the problem or the bad habit or the the habit that needs to start, then you can make change. You cannot change something that you can't identify. You have to identify what is it. And if you would take time to identify it, it would change everything. That's half the battle. Now, I would share this with you, that it is impossible to change a habit, a bad habit, that you're unwilling to admit that you have. You just cannot do it. I would even go a little further and tell you that God cannot even uh, help you with an issue you're unwilling to admit that you have. So the first part is admitting that I have this habit. You know, I chew my nails all the time. That's a bad habit. I mean, maybe that's you. You know, that maybe that's what you do. Until you admit the habit, then you cannot change the habit. And so you have to admit that habit. So look what the Bible says. It says this in 1 Timothy 3, 6. It's, this is a short verse. Let's just read it together. Ready? Come on. Pride, pride comes before fall. And so pride is, pride is ignoring something. I have. It's denying that I have a problem. It's not my problem. It's your problem. That's pride. It's not my problem. It's your problem. And so when you're denying a problem that you have or a bad habit that you have, then that is pride. And the Bible says it comes before fall. So I want to ask you a question. What bad habit do you have? That don't answer out loud, okay? We don't need to know all of that. It's a little personal. What bad habit do you have? You have to, you have to answer that in your mind right now in order that you can change. I want to, again, be transparent One of the bad habits that I had several years ago was that I was a person who hit the snooze button about six times. Snicks just hit, I would just play basketball with a snooze button. You know, not only did it cause me problems as far as what I was trying to get accomplished, but it caused me problems with Rhonda too, because I would set the clock real early because I had these great intentions of getting up at 530 in the morning. You know, then play, yeah, yeah, and play it, then, then hit the snooze button. And finally she said, listen. Either you're going to get up or you're going to set that clock for the time you want to get up. You know, I mean, it was a come to Jesus kind of meeting, you know, after a while. But I'll tell you, the, the problem with that is this. Is that when you and I hit the snooze button, what we're doing is we're dreading. We're putting dread into our day number one. by I say, oh, I don't want to get up yet. And you're starting dread. But secondly, after you hit the snooze button about four or five times, it puts you about uh, 30 to 40 minutes behind. Then you get up. And then you're running through the house trying to get ready. And if you've got to get the children ready, you're rushing them and they're not wanting to do right. And you're mad and you're ill at them. And and you begin to fuss at them. You fuss at your spouse because it's everybody else's fault because you decided to hit the snooze button and you're late. And so you throw everybody in the car, you rush them to school or wherever they got to go. And then traffic, you know, is not cooperating. People are going slower than you want them to go. So you begin to fuss at those people. You get mad. And guess what? You're late to work. And when you get late to work, all of a sudden you got to walk in in front of everybody late again. And all of a sudden the pressure is building there. And because you're late, you missed your first uh, call that you were supposed to make. And now you miss that that, that possibility of an opportunity of making more money. and, and, And people, again, you miss the meetings. So they're upset with you. You showed up late. They're upset with you. And so your whole day is building, building, building of aggravations. And then you make your drive back home. And when you go back home, the traffic again is not cooperating. You spin the person out in front of you. You know, you roll down your window and flip them off. You know, you just do all of this because you're mad. And then you get home and your family comes in and there you are like a tornado again. You're you're a fit of rage and nobody wants to talk to you. And you're like, why ain't anybody talking to me? Because you're mad. And it all started because of this. <laughs> See, that's the problem. See, identifying the real problem. The problem is not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not traffic. It's not your work. It's the snooze button. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. So what Jeff had to learn to do was this. As Jeff learned that he could not, that was too much temptation beside my bed. So I had to move, this, I had to move my alarm clock into the bathroom. So when that clock goes off, I get up and I go to the bathroom. And by that time that I get to the bathroom, I can talk myself into doing what I'm supposed to do. But I cannot do it beside my bed. So you have to identify that. You have to identify that. So let's talk about starting good habits. Now, when you begin to start a good habit, look what the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 7:29. He says, don't complicate your lives unnecessarily. Would you read those three words out loud? Keep it simple, in marriage, grief, joy, whatever, even in ordinary things, your daily routines of shopping and so on, keep it simple. The problem that we have when we want to start a new habit is this, is that we determine to start too big. We get all excited about, you know, let's just say exercise, because that's one that we all want to do. And we say, you know, well, we're going you know, to exercise. And so what we do, instead of, instead of starting small, we try to start too big. We say, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and I'm going to run five miles. Well, you haven't run in five years. You haven't even moved in five years, and you're going to just get out there and run five miles. And let me just tell you something. If you're over 40, you're going to pull something. (laughs) You know, it's just not going to work. And so we start too big. And so what I would challenge you to do today is begin when you're thinking about starting a new habit. Think two minutes. What can I begin in two minutes? What can I do in two minutes? So in other words, you say, Pastor Jeff, I want to read the Bible more. I want to read it daily. So what I would challenge you to do is just say, okay, I want to read it. I want to read one verse a day. One verse. I mean that may take you ten seconds. I don't know. So this is what it looked like you because you moved your snooze button now, so you're hopping up out of the bed when the alarm goes off, you're going to you're going to turn it off in there, you go to the bathroom, do your business, and you come back out, and your Bible is laying right there, and you just read one verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten Son. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you go on your day. You see, when, when you get ready to, to pray, don't try to pray for an hour. Don't try to pray for 15 minutes. Just say, hey, I'm a one minute. Every day, I'm just going to try to pray for one minute. When, when, when you're getting ready to do, you know, your homework or whatever, you've got to do a report. Just go get your notebook out and just open it up. That's the first step that you do. The reason being is that the goal here, let me say the goal is this. The point is not about accomplishment. It's about mastering the habit of showing up. You just want to show up every day and do that one routine. And I would say this. A habit must be established before it can be improved. You've got to say, I'm going to do Every day, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do this. You know, maybe, maybe your goal is like if you do want to exercise, I would say this. Why don't you just try to get up and just put your gym clothes on? To, for, that's it. You know, like, hey, mission accomplished. I dressed today. I'm good. Okay. I look good. All right. I'm going take them back off now. Go. <laughs> It's just establishing the habit, the habit, right? You know, I heard a guy that, uh, that wanted to lose weight, and I read about him. He said that uh, he, said he decided that he was just going to go. He wanted to go to the gym. So what he would do every day is he'd drive to the gym, and he committed no more than five minutes. He would go in the gym, go over there to the treadmill, get on it for five minutes, and get off and go back home. He did that for over two weeks, you know, just five minutes a day. And everybody's like, man, that guy didn't do anything. Well, guess what? He was just establishing the habit of showing up to the gym. And then eventually, guess what? That five minutes turned into seven minutes, and then 10 minutes, and then 15 minutes, and then 30 minutes. And then before he long, he was on, an, on the treadmill over an hour. And he, he, he got in super shape. He began to work out because he just established the habit. And that's what we have to do is establish the habit. Now, a few years ago, I decided that I was uh, probably about eight years ago. There was a few guys here in our church that we decided that we were going to try to get in shape. And so, you know, we were all really bad out of shape. And so somebody, I never heard of this program before, but somebody said, hey, it's a new year. We need to do P90X. I'm like, I never heard of that. P90X, P90 who? I don't know. Okay, I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we decided we would meet at my house. I had a basement, and it, uh, I set a television up and a DVD player And because the guy was on DVD. And so sure enough, we all showed up the first day. I put in the DVD with great anticipation this was going to change my body. You know, I'm going to be changed. You know, I was already telling Ron, like, this man is going to look good. <laughs> and so we hit play and hit play. And I want to tell you something. That program is straight out of Hades. <laughs> It's just straight out of Hades. By the time we did the little warm-ups, you know, I was like, I'm done. I'm good, you know, I'm good now. And so because we were all men, you know, and our testosterone was really high and we were competing with each other, we almost died. <laughs> and so I would tell you this, that, that, you know, so after the first session, I didn't want to do it anymore, you know, neither did anybody else. But the last thing that that guy Tony on that video, I'll never forget, is this picture right here. He had his finger pointing. He said, I don't don't care how much of this workout you was able to do. You get up tomorrow morning and you keep pushing play. You keep pushing play and you keep pushing play. He said, you just keep showing up. That's all that you do. And I want to tell you, that's how transformation happens. And again, as I share this with you, this is the point. You have to form a habit before you can transform your life. I don't think you grasp that. You have to form a habit and then you have transformation. You have to form a habit before you can transform your life. You have to form a habit before you can transform your grades. You have to form a habit before you can transform your marriage. You have to form a habit before you can transform your finances. There is no transformation until there is formation. And once you form a habit and you just show up, you know, you start little. I know you want to accomplish this big thing, but you start small, and then the small things grow. And before you know it, you built your bridge over the gorge that is causing your problem right now in your life. That's what it's all about. It's life change. And so I would share this with you. You know, before I ever became a pastor, when I was a teenager, I received Christ in my life, and I started some spiritual habits. Had I not started these habits, I wouldn't be standing here today. I did not know at that time that what God had for me, a matter of fact, this was the last thing I thought God had for me. Uh, But I started going to church. That was a habit that I formed. It was important to me to go. Then I started reading my Bible. That was a habit. It was formation. It was formation. And then I began to uh, pray and it was formation. It was a habit that I was forming that was transforming me. I, the person that you see right now is not the person that my parents had as a teenager. Amen. No, I was a little pain-in-the-butt teenager. That's who I was. Still, Rhonda would still question that right now. It's a, I just thought about that. She's like, oh, you still a pain in the butt. Uh, wait, watch that amen. amen. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. So another one that I had that was, that was life-changing me was tithing. Is that, listen, I became a tither way before I became a pastor. Way before. It was Rhonda, before Rhonda and I got married There was something that we did and it was something that we decided along the way. And it was something that changed our lives in the financial realm. God's blessing was over that. I tell you that because many people say, I would like to do that, but I'm scared to try it. And that's why you come to SEC because we're, we do crazy things. And so what I've done for years and what I'll do for you today is this, is that if you say, Pastor Jeff, I like to try that spiritual uh, discipline of tithing, what I would tell you is this, is that we would do what we call a tithe challenge. That means that you try it for 90 days, 90 days, you do it, uh, you tithe to God through SEC. And when you do that, at the end of 90 days, if you say, this was not a blessing, God did not bless me, uh, you know, it's a hardship on me, then guess what? Your money will be returned, no questions asked. You just say, listen, this hasn't worked for me. Uh, I, th- we'll give you money back, bottom line. And the deal is written down in, it's in your program right here. It's called the Tithe Challenge. If you want to do that, if you say, that's me, I want to do that, then I just say, just check the box on the connection card, and uh, we'll begin to pray over you, and you can just start, and we'll just see what God does for you. And, uh, like, listen... I'm, I'm good to stand for God all the time. That's why I do, we do this every year, to give you that opportunity. So, okay, so let's say what's on the screen. It's coming up on the screen, our statement today. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. The bridge from where I am to where I want to be is built with good daily habits. It changes our lives. Number two, let's write this down. How to create good habits and break bad ones. Number two is identify when I am exercising a bad habit. And when I will exercise a good habit. I'm going let you write that down. Look at the Proverbs 18. Look what it says. Let's just read it. It's a short verse. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Slack habits are as bad as, as vandalism. Why would you say that? Because when you're slacking your habits, you're, never, you're going to be broken because you're not going to be all that you can be when you're slack with your habits. You'll be broken. Something in you will be incomplete when you're slack with your habits. Because especially if it's a bad habit, it will take you down. And some of you in here, you know, you've done pretty good with, with disciplines, but you, there's more in you. And if just a few more, just another good habit, and all of a sudden it can change everything for you. So the question I have this for you is this. When are you most likely to repeat a bad habit? Those bad habits that you have, when are you most likely to repeat them? I just want you to identify it because you have to identify the bad habit. We've already said that. you got it in your mind. So when is it that you're most likely to repeat that? Is it, is it when you're, you know, maybe, maybe you have a, a, a habit of drinking too much and you find out that, you know, when you go out with the guys, that's when you're most likely to do it. Friday night, when you go out with your friends, that's when you end up getting blasted. When is it? You've got to identify that. Pornography. When, it, when is it? Is it like late night that all of a sudden, you know, you start thinking about this stuff and then and that becomes an issue? What about shopping? You know, what about it is, is, that, is that when you walk into the store and you see the buy one, get one, the BOGO? <laughs> I mean, is that, the, is that, you know, when, when is it going to happen? So just begin to say, okay, when is this? When, when does this normally happen? Name the time and the place. Go ahead and name it. And once you name it, then you can begin to whip it, and you can begin to get stronger than that. You have to identify that. So look what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, He says, don't be fooled. Would you read the rest of this out loud? Let's read it. Ready? Bad friends will ruin good habits. Amen, everybody? Yes. Bad friends will ruin good habits. They'll ruin good habits. And I'll say this. I've never seen anyone consistently stick to a positive habit in a negative environment. Never. I don't care how strong you are, but if you hang around, if you get in the wrong environment, a negative environment, it will be stronger than you and it will take you down. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. That's right. So make the decision when to start your good habit. Now, I read a study. Again, I don't know if I said this at the beginning, but a lot of the information that I'm sharing with you is from a book that I read by the guy by the name of James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. He shared a study in this book that the Great Britons did. In 2001, they had 248 people that they were trying to help exercise, get healthy. And so they had 248 people. They broke them up into three groups. And they said, okay, the first group, all we want you to do is that when we want you to track your behavior, track when you exercise, just write it down. The second group, they said, okay, we're gonna give you motivational material every day and we're gonna tell you the benefits of exercise and how it can help your life, change your life. You can do all this stuff if you just exercise. So they gave them that material. I want you to know out of those two groups, there was only 35% of those people in both those groups that exercised one time within two weeks. But the third group, they did something totally different. They just asked them to complete this sentence and the sentence was this, it says, okay, I will exercise 20 minutes, and they said, they filled in the rest of the blank was this. It said, day, time, and place. That's all they asked them to do, just fill in the day, time, and place. By just getting them to write down the day, time, and place that they were going to practice a new habit, all of a sudden, guess what? 91% of them begin to exercise. I'm trying to tell you, if you want to start a new habit, why don't you right now, just go ahead, maybe on your outline or whatever, why don't you go ahead and write down, I'm going to start this new habit tomorrow or, or, or Mo- Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you're going to write it. I'm going to start on this day, at this time, and this place. If you will do that, then you will be successful. 91% of you will start your new habit if you will just write down the day, the time, the place. That's what I want for you. Is starting that new habit. Why don't you go ahead right now and write that down. It's a next step on your connection card. It says this. It says, I will start my new good habit, day, time, and place. And if you want to write that down, we don't have to know what the habit is, but if you just want us to pray for that day, time, and place, you write on that card and we'll pray for it, that God will help you do that, accomplish what you want to do. Now, coming up on the screen, let's say it one more time. You ready? Here we go. Let's read it. You ready? The bridge from where I am to where I want to be is built with good daily habits. So remember, you've got the time, the place. Put that somewhere you can see it to remind yourself of what you're committing yourself to. And again, over time, you're going to get better. You're going to see things begin to change. Number three, would you write this down? The third thing is this, is make your bad habits trigger. There's a trigger. Make it invisible and make your good habit triggers visible. I'll let you write that down. We have triggers that cause us to do what we do. You know, that old saying, out of sight, out of mind, the reason being is because when we see it, we want to do it. Again, I want to be transparent with you. Is that Thanksgiving, my mother-in-law is a wonderful cook She makes the best pecan pies. Hallelujah. Here I am talking about it while we're fasting. I'm talking about this. And you see the picture. Uh, uh -uh. Why am I doing this to us? So she makes the best pecan pies. At Thanksgiving, she made two pies. She made one for us to eat while we were there. But then when Rhonda and I got ready to go, she said, Jeff, I want to give you this. Well, Rhonda and I have a rule, and that is this—a habit that we started about five years ago. In order to um, to, to take care of ourselves, we said, "Okay, we're only going to eat sweets on Friday." We call it Fat Friday, and Fat Friday—it's on, baby. I mean, everything we see, we eat. Hallelujah, <laughs> glory to God! It's a great day. I mean, we devour on Fridays. But I brought this pecan pie home, and it's Monday. We put it in the refrigerator. And I want to tell you, you may not believe this, but pecan pies can speak. Yeah. They can talk to you. Do you know what this pecan pie said to me? When Rhonda was not around, it said this to me. I up the door, and it said, you know you want me. It said that to me. And you know what I said back? You're right. I failed miserably. I want you to know that every time that pecan pie talked to me, I responded. (laughs) I sliced that baby up, put it on a plate, and when Rhonda wasn't around, I eat me a little piece of it. And then Fat Friday come around, and Rhonda was ready for a piece of pecan pie. She did not believe what I told you. I told her, I said, Rhonda, I want you to know That every time I went to the refrigerator, you won't believe it, this pie spoke to me. And I thought it was God speaking through the pie. (laughs) Hey, he used a donkey before, he can use a pie, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I failed. So I understand I have to eliminate that. So because that become a trigger for me to do what I did not want to do. What I want to share with you is this, is that you have to figure that out. What's triggering that? What's causing you to do that? Again, maybe it is, you know, that you realize that when you're with these friends, you drink too much. So if that's the trigger. You realize, okay, I can't do that. Or maybe, you know, like, like this, look what the scripture says here. Proverbs 15, 22. It says, it takes careful planning for things to what? Go right. So maybe, maybe you got your person that wants to start working out in the mornings. Here's the deal. Go ahead and get your clothes out at night. Just lay them out at night. And when you get it, you know, because you've moved your snooze alarm now, okay, because you moved your clock, now you got to go to the bathroom to turn the clock off. You know, the bathroom's out there. You do your business. And when you come right out, there's the clothes. You're going to stumble right over them. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Because what is a trigger? Like, I can do this. and that's, that's what I've been doing it for years is like, you know, I get out my gym clothes. And and then since I've, you know, i got to shower at the gym, i got to get all my clothes out for the for uh, when I'm showered, you know, showered there. So I take them and put them in my automobile. So at night, I made all the decisions the night before what I'm going to do the next day. And so there's mornings I get up, i can tell just like you. Like, oh, I don't feel good this morning. Got a little headache. My little sinus says, you know, I don't feel so good. Oh, boy, that bed looks so warm. Oh, boy, Rhonda'd be warm right now. how do you, glory to God? That's a big temptation. So anyways, but because I've already got all this stuff out, see, I planned that. Now, last year, I told you that one of my goals was that I was going to start flossing my teeth. I know you're so glad about that. (laughs) My breath will be 50% better because I floss my teeth, I guess. So I started that habit. I did it. And all year, I, I missed four times in the whole year. And it was for other reasons you don't even want me to talk about. But anyways, I missed it four times, but it's become a habit. How do I do that? Every night when I go to brush my teeth at night, I put my dental floss right there on top of my toothbrush. And so before I get my toothbrush, I have to pick up the dental floss, and, it, and I do it. It's like that. It's planning. Your life can get better. You can get better. Okay, the, the fourth thing I want to share with you is this. Here we go. Number four is ask Jesus to break the strongholds in your life. Ask Jesus to break the strongholds in your life. Look what the, 2 Corinthians ten four says. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means we can't, they're not fleshly. We can't do anything in our power. They are not carnal, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a lie that you have believed. In other words, it's a lie. The devil has told you you're never going to be this, and you have believed that lie. And because you believed that lie, you said, okay, well, I'm never going to be that. It's a lie that somebody else told you. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was an older brother or an older sister. I don't know who, but somebody told you a lie and said you would never amount to this. You're not smart enough to do it. You're not athletic enough to do it. You know, you're you're just not capable of doing that. That You, you might as well just draw the line right there. You're always going to be overweight. You're always going to be out of shape. You're always going to be this. You're always going to be that. You know, it's okay if you want to watch a little pornography. It's okay if you want to steal just a little bit it's okay if you overspend here you're never going to be able to kick that habit you're always going to have that it's a lie 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 it's a lie i want to tell you today because of jesus christ and his power that you do not have to live with that light, that stronghold that's in your mind that every time you think about taking a step forward and you think about moving forward in your life, it comes to your mind, well, you're no good anyway, so you shouldn't even try. Oh, you're a failure anyway, so you shouldn't even try. And you've been listening to that voice your whole entire life, and it has held you down, down, down. But today is a day that it's over, baby, because Jesus Christ breaks strongholds. Amen. Look what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He says this, my grace is all you need. Let's read what's underlined. Ready? My power works best in weakness. And notice what Paul says. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can what? work through me. You have been taught all your life, cover up your weakness, hide your weakness. Don't let anybody know about your weakness. You've been taught that all your life. I've been taught that myself. But I want to tell you, it doesn't work that way with God. God already knows your weakness. Listen, when you think He's not paying attention, He's watching. He already knows every good thing about you. He knows every bad thing about you. And He still loves you. He still wants you. And He still wants to help you. So what I want you to know is this, is that today is the day that you quit trying to hide Hide your weakness, you quit trying to cover it up. Instead of running from God with your weakness, you run to God with your weakness. Say, Lord, I can't do anything about this. Every time I start, there's something that goes through my mind that says, I can't do it. And every time I think about taking, going for my education, it says, you're too dumb. Every time I think about trying out for this sport, it says, you're not, you're not athletic enough. Every time I think about trying to do something financially, it says, you're not smart enough. Every time I think about doing something from God, it says, you're you're not spiritual enough. I want to tell you today that is a lie from the pit of hell because you can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthened you. You're not you're the head and not the tail, amen. God has called you. You've got to get this today. You see, when I was a teenager, I was told all my life, you'll never amount to nothing. Jeff, you're too dumb to do that. You know, you're not smart enough. You'll have a nervous breakdown. You're not strong enough for that. And they were absolutely right. And I bought that my whole life. But finally, I realized that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And that I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It's not about me. It's about him. And he breaks strongholds. See you keep you have that stinking thinking going on and you're never gonna get better. That's where the spiritual battle is at Some of you have some of you committed a sin a long time ago, and because you did that the devil tells you you can never be this but Let me tell you he's a liar He's a liar. He's a liar You can be what God has called you to be the only limits to you is right here in living that lie that stronghold Jesus changes everything He changed. Jesus changes everything. I'm not just trying to tell you something that I've heard about, I'm trying to tell you something that I've experienced. Because the me that you know, is not the me that I was. It was not until that I said, God, I can't do anything about this. They said, I'm not smart enough. They said, I'm not strong enough. And God, I'm not. And when I ran to him with my weakness and said, God, whatever you can do with this, with me, I give it to you. And it was through his power and his spirit that I stand here today as a man that says, I know who I am. And you can know who you are. What about it today? Are you willing today to let Jesus break the chains?